Hello and welcome to the Renaissance Polymath. I'm your host, Toby Gagnon, and this is the last of a five-part series discussing non-traditional yet must-see destinations in each of the 50 states in the U.S. This episode will focus on states 41 through 50 alphabetically. Let's go ahead and get things started. So let's pick up right where we left off, and we're going to start with South Dakota. If you're going to go to South Dakota, of course, you can always visit the Washington Monument, the Black Hills, the Badlands, but I would also say consider checking out the 1880 train. And I'm going to read from the TripAdvisor website, although I will link directly to the 1880 train website in the show notes. It says, an 1880 train ride is a two-hour narrated 20-mile round trip between Hill City and Keystone, South Dakota, in the beautiful Black Hills. Passengers view vistas of Harney Peak, mining encampments, and participate in good old-fashioned fun. Trains follow the original route of the Chicago, Burlington, and Quincy Railroad laid down in the late 1880s to service the mines and mills between Hill City and Keystone. So basically, this is an old, original railroad track, um, train, etc., that went between these locations to make sure the people who were in the hills mining for gold or doing whatever or or helping the people mining for gold or servicing them had supplies, had means of, of resupply, basically. So if you go to South Dakota, check out the 1880 train and maybe take a trip. Next on our list alphabetically is Tennessee. And there isn't one specific thing in Tennessee that I would say, here's where you should go and here's the thing you should check out while you're there, except I would say, consider checking out the Civil War trails. And I'm going to read directly from the website here. A great way to tour the heritage area is to follow the Tennessee Civil War trails. This historic marker program identifies and interprets both the great campaigns as well as the state's lesser-known Civil War places. The trail includes interpretive markers and an online statewide driving tour and links Tennessee's sites and trails programs in Virginia, West Virginia, Maryland, and North Carolina. So check it out. If you go to Tennessee, there's a whole thing. Basically, it's a self-guided, drivable tour, interactive points along the way. Check out the Tennessee Civil War Trails. Which takes us down to Texas. In Texas, there is something really cool called the Regency Suspension Bridge. And basically, it's a suspension bridge that goes over an area that you wouldn't necessarily want to walk through. But it's a walking bridge, and it's really cool. It spans 325 feet, and it has a wooden surface. It was originally built in 1939, and it was restored in 1997. So it's really cool. It's a suspension bridge. So think Brooklyn Bridge in New York, you know, the iconic ones that we see, the Golden Gate Bridge, etc. Except this one is small, and you can walk across it. So if you go to Texas, there's a million things to do, but consider checking out the Regency Suspension Bridge. Which brings us to Utah. Utah, of course, is home to Moab, so if you're an off-roader or you enjoy beautiful, beautiful scenery, go to Utah. And part of that is the Coral Pink Sand Dunes. If you go to the Coral Pink Sand Dunes, and I'm going to read right directly from their website, venture onto a shifting sea of red sand. Changed by winds, these mountains and hills of sand can move as much as 50 feet per year. With areas for off-highway vehicle enthusiasts and those with non-motorized pursuits, the dunes offer adventures for all. Yes, you can take your, your vehicle on these sands, and even if you've been before, that's the cool thing, 
these things can move 50 feet a year. So the hill that you went up and climbed the last time you were there might not be there anymore. It might have moved. It, you got new ones in its place, etc. You can also, and this is going to sound really weird, but people do this. They love doing it here. You can bring a snowboard and you can snowboard down the sand dunes. So you can sandboard down the dunes. It's pretty cool. Go, if you're going to go to Utah, check out the Coral Pink Sand Dunes. Moving from Utah, let's travel back to New England, and let's go to Vermont this time. Vermont is extremely beautiful, especially in the fall season. The spring, you can get some amazing maple syrup. Yes, of course, go and get maple syrup in Vermont. But just like Tennessee, where I wasn't suggesting one particular location, if you go to Vermont, you need to go and drive across a couple covered bridges. This is something that is almost unique to New England uh, as a whole, but Vermont has a really good site that I've linked in the show notes. You can actually take a tour to all these covered bridges. It is uh, the Covered Bridge Society. It's really neat. If you go to New England, you want to visit old-time New England, go check out the covered bridges in Vermont. Virginia. Well, Virginia is a state I have traveled through a lot, and Because of that, and because I spend so much time on the road in Virginia, it's a very long state east to west, you should check out some of the scenic drives that they have. I linked in the show notes, you could check it out. There's a a scenic drives tour, and it lists a whole bunch. So there isn't one specific destination. Yes, of course, you can go visit all of the history, the American history that is in Virginia, But consider going on some of these scenic drives because it's extremely likely that you'll come across some American history along these routes. So if you go to Virginia, take a scenic drive, get out of the city, get up into the old Appalachian Mountains, and check out some of the cool places that are off the beaten path in Virginia. Moving from the East Coast to the West Coast, let's talk about Washington. On March 1st, 1980, a new system of seismographs at the University of Washington went into operation to monitor earthquake activity in the Cascades. On March 20th, it recorded a magnitude 4.2 earthquake deep beneath Mount St. Helens, inaugurating a round-the-clock watch that was to save many lives. From March 25th to March 27th, quakes of magnitude 4.0 rocked the mountain as many as three times a day, and smaller quakes occurred several times every hour. At 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on March 27th, the U.S. Geological Survey issued an official hazard watch for Mount St. Helens. Around noon, the first eruption of steam from the summit sent a column of ash and steam 6,000 feet in the air. Twin fissures opened up on the mountain's north face. On the morning of May 18th, USGS volcanologist David A. Johnston camped on the ridge with his lasers, radioed in his regular 7 a.m. report. The changes to the Bulging Mountain were consistent with what had been reported several times daily since the watch began. At 8.32, a magnitude 5.1 earthquake registered on the seismograph equipment. His excited radio message, This is it, was followed by a stream of data. It was his last transmission. The ridge he camped on was within the direct blast zone. And I read that to you directly from visitmountsthelens.com. So you you guessed it. If you go to Washington, you've got to go check out Mount St. Helens. There's actually a lot of stuff to do around there. But learn about the history, something that could have happened in your lifetime potentially, um, May 18th, 1980. Go and check this place out. 
it is really cool to visit, really cool to understand what happened there. And in a kind of a brief history of Mount St. Helens for me, I traveled a lot for work at one point in time, and I just had my cell phone as my camera whenever I traveled. But I visited some beautiful places, as I've talked about on the previous episodes. Mount St. Helens was a turning point for me. When I was getting and flying out of Portland, Oregon, I could see Mount St. Helens from the window of my plane, and I tried to capture a picture of it, but unfortunately, my cell phone camera just did not do it justice. So I promised myself at that point that when I landed, I would order myself a good quality camera, beginner one, but a good quality camera, and I did just that on my layover. I purchased a DSLR camera and have carried that with me ever since. So go check out Mount St. Helens if you take a trip up to Washington State. Moving into West Virginia, in the hills of West Virginia, and let's get dark again. Not quite Illinois dark. Go back and listen to the previous episode for why I say that. But in West Virginia, if you're going to go, there is a place that you should visit called West Virginia Penitentiary. If you're into the paranormal, if you're into the spooky, this is the place for you. This is a Gothic-style prison that was built And it has since closed down. There was a lot of rumors about the mistreatment that went on there, the deaths, the killings, etc. It's rumored the place is haunted. There are no historical architectural drawings of the place. It is just full of intrigue and mystery. And if you're into that kind of stuff, or if you just want to see something kind of neat that has been the backdrop and filming location for a number of television shows and movies... Go to West Virginia and check out the West Virginia Penitentiary. Second to last on our list is going to be Wisconsin. Wisconsin has so much. Cheese, football, cold, lakes. It is a really interesting and cool place. And as far as the outdoors goes, it's really ecologically diverse. It's incredible. So if you go to Wisconsin, there are so many things that you can do. Consider checking out the Ice Age Trail. The Ice Age Trail, and I'm going to read directly from their website for this part. The Ice Age Trail is a national scenic trail located entirely within Wisconsin. The trail is also one of 42 designated Wisconsin state trails and the only one specifically designated as a state scenic trail. From Interstate State Park on the Minnesota border to Potawatomi State Park on Lake Michigan, The Ice Age Trail winds for more than 1,000 miles following the edge of the last continental glacier in Wisconsin. So it's kind of cool. It's called the Ice Age Trail because it followed where the edge of this glacier was, the last one in Wisconsin, and it goes for over 1,000 miles. So if you're going to go and do this, understand it's not a day trip. This is something that's going to take a long time, and maybe you go back time and time again, do just a a little bit of it each week, each month, each year, But check out the Ice Age Trail in Wisconsin. Which brings us to our last state of the 50, Wyoming. This one is kind of interesting. It sounds much darker than it is. But if you go to Wyoming, there are a lot of really, really cool, natural, geological places to check out. And one that I would recommend is called Devil's Tower. And it's not nearly as sinister as it sounds. It is really cool. If you are a rock climber, this is bucket list destination for you. Go to Wyoming, check out the Devil's Tower, learn about the history, learn about what the Native Americans thought 
they saw it as a very sacred place. And you can listen to and learn about and read the stories that surround this place in the Native American culture. It's really cool. Go check it out. If you go to Wyoming, go to Devil's Tower. So that about wraps up this episode, and quite frankly, this series as a whole. But I would encourage you to do your own continued research and education. I'll make sure to link to the things that I discussed in the show notes below. On the next episode, we'll be back to our normal schedule of every other week, and I will be discussing strange disappearances. If you have any feedback, feel free to send me an email at podcast at therenpo.com. That's T-H-E-R-E-N-P-O. I would also appreciate it if you left a review wherever you podcast. That helps this show be discoverable to others and helps me understand where things can be improved. Don't forget to subscribe and auto-download new episodes so you don't miss any of the future topics. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.